This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, excited to be talking to an individual who competes at BKFC 51, which goes down on September 29th, and a very intriguing co-main event matchup as Dustin Pague knuckles up and toes the line against Joe Elmore, and great getting to have Joe back on the show. How are you doing, man? You having a solid day so far? Uh, having a wonderful day, you know, getting ready for my two day at home, uh, get, get rested up. Taking care of my nutrition, ready to go back to train again. Three weeks out. Yeah, and I appreciate the time ahead of this fight. Very exciting for sure. But something I briefly kind of wanted to touch on, because I saw you had an Instagram post a few months ago at this point, obviously, where it was talking about a July 21st fight in Biloxi, potentially. Like, what happened with that, and why now are you, I guess, readying to compete on this later September card? Well, they actually canceled that entire card, you know. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't speak for the entire company, but I know that it was supposed to be Adam uh, or what? Bel- uh, not Beltran, but uh, Adam Belcher. It was supposed to main event, and I was supposed to co-main event versus uh, Brad Kelly. But because he uh, had some kind of cheek injury or something against Bubai, I guess he wasn't uh, medically cleared or something for uh, BKFC. Like I said, I can't speak only just from what I hear, but the card got canceled. And because the card got canceled, uh, I just had a better opportunity, you know, um, with uh, Dustin. And this card came up, and uh, it was an option to fight Brad, but I do believe Brad Kelly has a fight. sometime in the next couple weeks with Dean Tool and Brennickle MMA. Uh, and Dustin uh, was supposed to be my next opponent after Brad, but he's in the top five. I've taken a year off, but I've been training, uh, getting healthy, not really off, putting in lots of sparring time. And really, it makes more sense for me to find the top five in the world on box rack, go ahead and get back in the top five, and then uh, then I can start talking to Go-Go and getting my title or a number one, number two, if they want me to fight somebody else. And it just puts me back in title contention in the top five in the world after being inactive for almost a year now. Yeah, it seems like you're really looking at this fight as like something that can vault you to like fighting that top five ranked opponent within BKFC. And you also mentioned the ranked guys on box rec as potential opponents. Like, do you see this next fight as one that could really vault you towards that tier there? Well, I was number five in the world when I left. And over the last year, there's been a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, it's been hard to give me a fight. There's guys that don't want to fight me. Uh, my division has really grown over the last year. There's been guys that have got, like, back-to-back-to-back fights. What I did when I was first there, when I knocked out Will, and I, I, I went and I beat Tom and got fight of the year, took two months off and fought again a main event versus him. So this is, that's what I'm trying to do now. I took that time off. With, uh, I got my contract going. I got, there's a lot of opponents now I can call out. And obviously, after being off and inactive, I want to go right back into the top five. And I do believe that Dustin is number five on box rec and a number 11 on a boxing world ranking as well on another boxing site. So, again, yeah, man, it just pushes me right back in. It's a big name, former UFC, two class of the Titans. I'm a, I'm a maniac-style fighter. He's an engaging striker, uh, unlike my last opponent who hits and runs. 
points. I've got a guy that's going to fight. And it just makes top uh, a lot of sense. Both of us are, are, are looking for a title and uh, two of the best guys in the world right now. So, Yeah, for sure. And when I was saying that, I didn't necessarily mean, you know, Dustin wasn't at that level, but just in terms of like what the, I guess, established BKFC rankings are. But I mean, yeah, like you said it, I mean, definitely a guy who is very experienced out there. You mentioned the, you know, prior UFC experience and definitely fighting notable names along that circuit. I mean, guys like Hyoji Horiguchi and TJ Dillashaw certainly standing out. But I mean, you also like look at the more recent, you know, localized bare knuckle work. I mean, the only loss he had was, it was kind of like almost like he had the residual MMA mindset in there with the grounded strikes there in his debut, but two pretty impressive back-to-back wins. So in saying all of that, like, what are your thoughts on Dustin Pegg's resume in BKFC so far, but also some of his better stylistic attributes he has. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a soldier, a warrior. You know, a lot of respect to him. We're uh, I can't say we're like best friends, but we're good friends. You know, we we may, uh, we met in uh, South Carolina. I kind of got on his corner's nerves. Uh, I guess I was loud in the back, getting my guys hyped up clash of personalities but afterwards we hung out man and i got to know him i've always seen him fight uh, i respect his style in my head he's three and oh you know it was a mistake that he made by hitting the guy on the way down they had to be strict on it because of all the the fouls and just trying to make it it is what it is you know we're not we're not doing mma anymore unfortunately it was a uh, something he learned from but man he's talented dude he's gonna uh he i've seen him get dropped in his last fight get right back up and destroy his opponent i can't remember his opponent's name from my mind right now, but so he has a resilience. He has he has power. He has the ability to get down, get back up. Um, yeah, man, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not underestimating him at all. When I say I'm looking to to defeat him and get to the title, I'm actually excited because he is a, a dangerous opponent. Somebody that when I do defeat him, it's another option. Good name on my resume and, and I'm beating a top ranked fighter not some unknown guy to uh, people in the world he actually has established himself in BKFC not just a guy coming from the UFC to try bare knuckle he's an actual bare knuckle fighter so it's a good matchup and it's just good for both of us uh, a lot, lots of talents on both sides and again just a good clash in my head perfect fight yeah I mean I would agree with that sentiment you kind of referenced Connor Tierney a bit ago like that fight there and it seems like the mindset is even different from that last one compared to this one in as far as it seemed like you were thinking Connor was going to come out there and underestimate you in a certain regard like I haven't talked to Dustin quite yet I'm going to talk to him in a couple days but even like doing the research and what I can glean from social media it seems like he's very much not underestimating you so even kind of a different mindset and dynamic in this one it seems like respect whatever you can underestimate and people can do what they want but connor didn't take me out connor connor uh, connor dropped jake Lindsay. i still in all my fights uh, haven't been dropped and and that's not just bkfc i've just never put to the mat you know so hey, you have to respect the guy that can walk through tom's show uh, a punch get his face exploded and, and then set you down at the same time so i mean it's just mutual respect he's a goofy guy he's a family guy he's experienced he's older he knows he's smart uh, but connor admitted even afterwards it was a mind game he was playing his whole team said that they were scared to death of me because of the viciousness that i carry and he's not a fighter he loves the training and he's just really fucking talented at it and, and uh, fighting is because of that talent he's doing it not like me whereas i love it dude whether i get hit the pain the hard work 
I mean, I definitely get where you're coming from on that end. And this might kind of seem like a random question, but just kind of curious to get your thoughts because you were kind of referencing Brad Kelly and some involvement like that game bred bare knuckle MMA. And one of the first times we talked, if not the first time circa like BKFC 16, when we were heading into that, you were talking about how Masvidal was someone that really did inspire you to want to try bare knuckle one day. So like, what are your thoughts on all of that? Just like him kind of helming that promotion and just really the whole bare knuckle MMA movement, just being that you have experience with the bare knuckle boxing and also MMA. I mean, it's all taking it back to the roots, man. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> they, they just got to find the safety in the guidelines, but fighting in its purest form is two, two guys, gladiators going out there. We don't wrap our hands. You just go and you fight. And, 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 and originally gloves were added to stop the cuts. So I'm glad that it's linking in an A, that feeding guys from his company into the UFC. Uh, uh, I mean, so it, it's just feeding the sport. It's, it's linking everything together, including Jake Paul. It's all one big conscious sport becoming one thing, and they all, all help each other if they blend nicely. And it's, it's, it's skyrocketing bare knuckle, which is my platform, so I love it, you know? Yeah, it's definitely cool to see, man, and appreciate the insights there but kind of like going back to the title picture we were talking about you were talking about just the you know division overall like really you know fleshing itself out it also seems like a good time for that upper tier too just because there is that clarity now with you know gogo sloveski being cemented as the champion now and definitely an interesting looking top five now i mean jake Lindsay obviously coming off that title fight but guys like you know carlos trinidad snake and rico franco as well as bryce henry still very you know, in the mix there. So definitely an interesting time for the division there. Yeah, I'm excited, dude. They've got real legit fighters now that are killers. <laughs> and and uh, we've, we've established our division as one of the, uh, it's going to be one of the dominant, man. You know, Palomino had to uh, let go of that title because the guys got a little bit too big. You know what I'm saying? Like Elvin Burrito even, it could be at 155. And we're, we're a bunch of big monsters, dude. And it's fun for me because I get to have fights with guys that are going to engage. And, 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 and it just makes the mix fun, dude. You know, whether it's Franco or it's Gogo or it's Jake, I mean, God, in every other Friday, a lot of rematches, a lot of money to be made for us. Uh, I mean, win titles, lose titles, dude. We got some monsters, so it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. And what you mentioned, those are my those are my biggest competition. I already know I, I slide in them snake and, and all those guys, the ones you named, are the top contenders in my book, regardless of where they're ranking. Who's coming? Yeah, just such an exciting weight division, definitely. You know, great to see you back in the mix as well in saying that and just kind of talking about, you know, certain memorable wins you've had, like you were referencing earlier, like the rankings level you were at prior to taking a bit of hiatus to recover, but just, you know, we're really approaching an important anniversary soon as of this recording, just being that it's very close to that three-year mark that you had that, you know, pretty classic fight with Tom Schoff. I think it's pretty safe to describe it with you know, that kind of language there. And just with the recent news of Tom Shove deciding to, you know, retire and kind of ride off into the sunset and bare knuckle, just can you offer some thoughts on just that BKFC 12, you know, fight that you guys had that was such a classic and then also, as an extension, the recent Shove retirement announcement? Uh, yeah, you know, 
you know, I just posted a video actually of him saying one of the most defining moments in his career was the fight with Joe Elmore because I put him down and he felt like some people said he won that fight, even though I won four or ten eight rounds. But the truth is, is we won the hearts of everybody and it wasn't about the win or lose. He said it was the most defining moment in his career. It was one of the most defining moments in his career and that's why my rap song says, Welcome to the Joe Show. When I was given that opportunity to come out that pandemic and I got the quick knockout against Will Chope. 100% legit true story, Coach Crazy Chris. I walked up to him right when I walked out for the September 11th, 9-11 memorial fight against Tom Shelf. And I looked at him and I said, hey, everybody online, I read their comments and they said, I'm a one-hit wonder. All I got is crazy, savage knockout power that I can't stand in the ring and fight. And I said, we're getting fight of the night. People are going to remember who the fuck I am. Excuse my language, but that's what I said. Word for word, I was like, people are going to remember who the fuck I am tonight, coach. We're getting fight of the night. He, he talks crazy, almost like customado. He said, God damn, son, here we go. And he looked at the wife and said, it's going to be a long night. And that's what I decided to do, man. I wanted to win the hearts of the fans. I carried my, my attitude in there, and, and I, I just wanted to fight. I wanted to bang. And if I'd have knocked him out, I'd have knocked him out. But I went out there with just, uh, I didn't care if I got hit. I sacrificed my, my face, my skin, my blood, and I wanted to just bang. I watched the low ball versus night both times. Two of the most classic fights of all time. One of my favorite fights in UFC, uh, uh, the ultimate fighter on it. Forrest Griffin, those are the moments, no matter win or lose, you don't, I, I can't even remember now, speaking of it, who won that fight, I think it was, it was uh, Forrest Griffin, I think he won the ultimate fighter, but they both won, they both got a contract, one of the first times, and that fight will live forever, I want to be that, every single fight I have, if it's not out of the night, I want fight of the night, I'm not going to disengage, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be bare knuckle, I'm going to fight, and that's what I'm coming to do again this time, and it's, it feels good to be back, to be able to do it. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, just how you're talking about it. It kind of reminds me of a recent conversation I had with someone who's readying to have an MMA fight in Japan and just kind of, like, the reverence over there for guys who, like, even if they end up losing the fight, if they put on a great show, it's like they're still very much respected. It seems like there is that certain component to the bare-knuckle fighting culture as well. Like, if you're someone who, like, really shows that heart and that grit and puts it on the line, it may be doesn't matter as much like in that binary of a win or a loss like it's like if you do put on that exemplary performance that's really what people remember yeah and if you have talent to back it up then you're a superstar you can get paid you have opportunities commercial sponsors i mean look at um uh, for example noah cutter he's 50 50 but that dude will go out there and if his eyes peeled off and he's damaged to death he never stops fighting i love i, I love watching noah i don't think he'll ever be a champion at 175 but by god i'll watch every single fight he ever has it's amazing and that's what makes Bare Knuckle special. You, you know, it reminds me of the old UFC. You got people fighting, fans that love it. <laughs> and it's not always about you uh, having the win. Of, of course, if you're talented and you win, you become a champion, that's great. But some people are just loved for their character and the fact that they're out there to fight and, and, and use that talent to entertain people and not necessarily be safe like a Floyd Mayweather, you know. And, I mean, we can win and we can respect the talent and cheer. And, but uh, people want to see fights. And when you go to bare knuckle, it's a, it's a fight. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to play any defensive mode without running. Yeah, and just this return is interesting because it seems like you add like different facets to your approach each time we 
you see you out there and just with it having been a bit over a year now it's just curious because I mean you talked about how as much as you're you know fixing injuries and things of that nature just actively getting in that work on the side but I would think that the I guess analytical side of it like the way you look at the sport has perhaps changed a bit is that a fair way to characterize where you're at or is the approach like in terms of the mentality and everything largely the same honestly the the evolution uh, of the sport yes I've evolved because I was I'm, uh, with, I mean God I was helping build it and bring it back you know there was uh, there was only 10, 10 guards uh, before I got on my card and uh, there, how many cards is it now is it 50 something so it's like they, they, they've got the rules established we've got we've got actual the top 15 is not because there's only 15 people there's 40 people in a pool and there's 50 other people trying to come in this contender series and and and, and, and I'm a, I'm a old school smart martial artist anyway I've done professional boxing and a little bit of everything and and more so than me taking the time off injured I've been ready for six months man they've had to build these other guys and there's I'm not going to mention names but people refused fights with me I'm a high, I'm one of the high, highest paid fighters in my division and one of the most talented one of the most viral when my videos go so getting people to 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 agree to fight me has been hell. I wish I could share it. It wasn't in my contract not to share some of the things I've had to go through to get a motherfucker to sign this dotted line. And that's why I say I love Dustin because he was like, fuck it, I want to fight you. I mean, it's been so long since somebody called and said, I'll fight you. So he ain't scared. He's ready to go. And it's giving me my platform back. And a lot of it's been just trying to get somebody to get go dog with me. And uh, um, I almost got Brad Kelly on uh, July, but that car got canceled again man so, so I've had time to think I'm healed my body I've already had two fights in my mind the one that got canceled I've already had a fight camp for that so I'm double fight camp and I'm 10 pounds ahead of time I'm older I'm smarter my body is perfect I've got metal medical sponsorship free hyperbaric chamber recovery treatments it's been God the universe and everything else has just blessed me this time and this is the best headspace I've been in and whatever you want to call it time purpose the, the time off even the aggravation of me wanting it when I wanted it and not getting that fight in July and having to wait till now um, I, I almost feel like it's a, a perfect thing this is the most balanced I've ever been like yeah just excited yeah it's definitely coming across man and you know really appreciate you coming on the show and giving some great insights it's a very exciting return to the sport definitely you know add a lot to the 165 pound division in a lot of regards but just being mindful of you know just your time and schedule and everything man just curious if maybe there's like a final parting thought you'd want to like put out there as we're sort of wrapping up joe um no man just tune in uh i hope everybody uh loves it i've really come out there i try to be the people's champ i'm fighting for the fans i love this shit with all my heart i, I never have anything against the the people i'm fighting so the aggression is just pure passion for the fight and pure violence that's who i am for the sport itself but outside of that love, love respect thanks for everybody that supports it thanks to all my platform and takes your time to write these articles and do this i'm just appreciative and yeah great cool man ready to go yeah mutual appreciation for sure good getting to have you on again as always and just getting to get some insights ahead of all of these you know compelling fights that you have and this dustin pig fight definitely 
looks like it very much fits the bill within that, just what both of you bring to the table. And definitely a cool fight on what's looking like an ever-growing BKFC 51 there. So excited for September 29th for sure, man. But until then, you have a good rest of your day, Joe, and thank you for the time. Dylan, thank you very much, brother. Have a blessed day. All right, on this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, excited to be talking with an individual who competes at BKFC 51, and that goes down on September 29th. And it's a very intriguing co-main event as Joe Elmore knuckles up and toes the line against Dustin Pegg. And great having Dustin on the show for the first time. How are you doing there, man? I am doing fantastic, brother. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great, for sure. And, yeah, I appreciate you asking. But I feel like you're probably in a, a good spot, for sure. I mean, it seems like you got a quality opponent here. It looked like you were calling out a couple of, uh, you know, higher-end, like, proven welterweights the last little bit. And Joe Elmore, a guy who you know, has kind of been in there for a little bit. So, like, what was the initial, I guess, temperament when the bout offer came your way? I guess I presumed you'd be fired up, but how were you feeling? Yeah, I was very excited. Um, even though Joe's coming off of two losses, I mean, they were they were decision decision losses, and he fought Leonard Garcia and, and Connor Tierney. So those are two top-level dudes, uh, tough opponents. So I'm very excited to fight Joe. Uh, he's a big name, so a win over him would look really good. And I know we're going to put on a banger because that boy likes to bang, and I like to bang, so it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is one of these fights that, you know, doesn't have a chance to be anything other than, like, a strong fight of the night contender, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I mean, obviously not overlooking this fight because it's a, you know, tough opponent, established opponent, as we've said. But, I mean, I did mention some of the people you indicated interest in fighting. I mean, I would think that if you get your ideal outcome in this one here, it could maybe facilitate getting in there with some of these guys, like some of the, you know, names you've mentioned, like Brito, Trout. I saw you also mentioned Rico Franco at one point. So I would think that perhaps a fight like this could, you know, jettison you towards something like that. Like, not overlooking Joe, obviously, but if you get your ideal outcome. Yeah, absolutely. I never overlook opponents, uh, even if it's heavily favored to me uh, for a victory. Um, I know the fight game. I've been doing it since 2005. I've been fighting actively. Uh, so I've lost to guys that I should have never lost to. I beat guys that no one thought I could beat. So that's the fight game. All it takes is one good punch, um, especially in uh, BKFC. Uh, so everybody's got a fighter's chance. So I'm certainly not overlooking Joe. He's a very tough guy. He's going to be hard to finish. And his big old blockhead is just going to keep coming. So, <laughs> uh, definitely not overlooking that, but in a perfect world, I get this victory. And uh, yeah, any of the top three guys, um, I some of the people I mentioned are not even on my radar anymore. Brito, I, I just don't think he's a high caliber like he was built up. Um, in the earlier BKFCs, uh, I want, you know, Franco would be an awesome fight. Uh, I think that would be a good title contention fight. Um, I actually think he's a better fighter than Gogo. I think he'd be a tougher fighter than Gogo. So if I can just skip over him and, and go for the belt after this victory, that would be ideal. But, you know, it's it's in the hands of the matchmakers, BKFC, Dave Feldman. So we'll, I'll be happy with anything. But... My long-term goal is to have that belt. So whatever path I got to take to get there, uh, I'm all down for it. Yeah, just such a cool path, though, because, I mean, you were talking about your wealth of experience and, I mean, several 
combat sports, but just your, I guess, localized BKFC journey, I find very cool. Like, I actually didn't know until I did some backgrounding on you and checking out some interviews that you were actually, like, at that first BKFC show in 2018, and, you know, your buddy Johnny Bedford was, you know, debuting there and all. Can you give, like, the recollections of, like, being at that first BKFC show? Because it seemed like you really fell in love with it and really wanted to get things going in that sport. Yeah, so I, I wasn't actually at the venue. Um, I watched it live, but I wasn't at the venue. Um, okay. So I was scrolling through Facebook, just uh, chilling the one day, and I and that's at the point in my life I was pretty much I thought I was done fighting. I just didn't have the fire for MMA anymore. Just body banged up, you know, thinking I was I was done. So I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see Bedford's post about this BKFC tournament. He was in, and I'm like, wait, that says bare knuckle. So I, I hit him up. I'm like, yo, what's this uh, tournament you're doing? He's like, oh, it's this new promotion, uh, bare knuckle fighting championship. Traditional boxing rules, except bare knuckle. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? I want in. <laughs> <laughs> so I hit up. Uh, I found out Nate Shook was the one of the matchmakers, and I'm like, dude, I've known, I've fought for Nate on one of his. Uh, Eastern shows way back in the day, like 2006, seven, whatever. Uh, so I hit up Nate to get on and it took back and forth for probably a year or so, two years. But, uh, yeah, I finally got in and, and I fell in love with it. Just like you said, it was, I think if this was around, if this caught my eye before MMA, I, I would have been doing this all along. It's it's my favorite thing to do. Standing with another guy and throwing punches bare knuckles. There's nothing more badass than that. So I'm hooked, man. I mean, I think that speaks volumes, though, because in your MMA career, I mean, quite a few fights, like around 35 across amateur and pro, at least per tapology and everything like that. And just some of the guys you fought, like TJ Dillashaw and, you know, Yves Jabwane, Kyoji Horiguchi, like your involvement in Tough 14. So just in saying all that, I think it's a big statement to say that, you know, bare knuckle would have been like the sole path for you if it was like as popular at the time. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I mean, I still love grappling and wrestling. Like, I mean, that's, it's just, you know, the ultimate test of, you know, a, a combat athlete is just to be well-rounded in, in all aspects. But if any time, even in MMA, if, if the guy was going to stand and bang, I'm, I was all for it. Um, to me, that's, you know, like the the top tier of combat sports, you know, is just throwing hands with somebody. So, yeah, BKFC, man, it's just, it's incredible. And I think it's going to just continue to grow. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. But just curious to, you know, get some insights because I mentioned the wealth of, MMA experience, but I also saw you had a pro gloved boxing bout before getting into BKFC. Like as much as this is like a new sport altogether, like how many, I guess, transferable elements could you take from your MMA and I guess boxing game? And I guess, how did you have to amend your game for, you know, bare knuckle as like a second part of that? I didn't have to amend too much because I always felt uh, most comfortable on my feet and throwing hands. So I think that's, one of the arts that kind of felt more natural for me, uh, even at a young age before I was fighting, I, I enjoyed boxing with friends and uh, street fights here and there. I always uh, realized that my uh, speed in my hands, powers, 
you know, it just came natural for me. So there wasn't a huge transition from MMA to now. I, I think I still uh, focus on a lot of my, my strong points with my stand-up. And just, you know, little tweaks here and there as far as um, going from MMA to boxing to bare knuckle. There's really not much difference for me minus, you know, just conditioning your hands to to be able to hit something bare knuckle, which I think that's a hard thing to train with. You just kind of take off the gloves every once in a while and <laughs> condition those hands, but... Yeah, uh, very similar training, and the only great thing is now I don't have to focus on so many different arts, you know, I don't have to spend, you know, four hours at a gym working on grappling and then wrestling and then a combination and then throwing hands and, and kicks and elbows and all different techniques, you know, it's I got one focus and that's my boxing, so that it definitely makes training a lot easier. And I would think that there'd be some excitement coming with the, I guess, relative rate of activity this year, just seeing that the first two BKFC fights were 2021 and 2022, respectively, and just readying for, like, the second BKFC fight of the year. I think you'd be happy about that. Absolutely, man. That would be incredible. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just great to see. Like, I've just been seeing some of the articles. Like, it just seems like... Just, I mean, what you've said, like describing this sport as like your cup of tea and how it's really, I guess, just fired you up and everything. So very much love to see that and curious to get some more thoughts on your upcoming opponent here, because I mean, he's very much someone too, who, you know, brings a lot of fire to the competition as well. Like in terms of some of his better, I guess, stylistic attributes and I guess thoughts on his, you know, BKFC resume like what are your thoughts on those two things like in terms of x's and o's in the ring and just overall resume in bkfc like what are your thoughts on joe elmore joe is a tough guy he uh he has what it takes to be a bare knuckle fighter uh even outside the ring like he's an entertaining guy so he he brings a lot of views uh, a big fan base just because you know he's he's an entertainer and when i first saw joe i, I couldn't stand him but then we hung out at my last fight in South Carolina. I fell in love with the guy. He's a great dude. Uh, he's got a good heart uh, and a giant head. Uh, but as far as his fight uh, technique, and uh, he's definitely he's got toughness going for him. That's one of his best attributes. Uh, and it appears that he hits hard, but I think he just lacks technique. I think he lacks movement. I think he uh, telegraphs a lot because uh, he's always looking for that big knockout punch. So I think uh, I think a lot of movement, uh, feints, uh, the, the in and out game and, and angles is like his kryptonite. I think that's going to be hard for him to fight somebody like me, who's just as tough. I can take a hit and keep on trucking, uh, but also have that movement and the speed. Um, so I think it's going to be it's one of his uh, probably the toughest opponent he's faced is going to be me. Just a cool facet of this fight, too. Like, it doesn't seem like there's any, like, contrived kind of, you know, banter going back and forth. Like, it seems like you guys have, like, that level of respect for each other. Like, I talked to Joe the other day and just very similar kind of almost, like, mentality that you have. Just, like, that respect very much being there, but also just really that fervor to want to compete. So, yeah, love to see it. Yeah, we, uh, we're definitely cool with each other. I mean, we talk on the phone now. 
and we're, we're scheming some things that just really blow this up. Uh, um, but we do like talking shit back and forth to each other. So <laughs> I told him that, I don't know if you saw my comment, you know, I think God made his head so big so it can fit the dream of beating me inside. Oh, damn. <laughs> No, I didn't see that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude, and we're having fun with this. Uh, but come fight night, you know, we're both going to be focused on knocking each other's heads off. You know, the friendship is going to be put on pause for, you know, five two-minute rounds. Yeah, and I just love that. And, I mean, you just put it perfectly there. Like, it just feels, like, just more playful and just, yeah, I mean, definitely lends itself well to a great fight but just curious to get some more I guess insights into the prep like it seems like Disciple MMA is like the primary space you've been working at is that the case and just curious to get some I guess details from the recent work put in yeah I jump around um, Academy uh, which I started with Scott Howard jeez uh, when was that 2011 that's so doing well uh, I live in Pennsylvania, that's in Virginia, so I don't get down as often as I would like to, but um, they always welcome me with open arms, so I get there. I'm going to try to get there more often than not, but um, I got a good group of guys here in PA, uh, and we train at the Bang Barn. That's a private gym uh, that was uh, built by a very wealthy friend of mine <laughs> who has the money to just build a a large gym on his property, but we call it the Bang Barn, and it's just outfitted with everything we need. And I got great guys behind me to just push me and spar with me, and and uh, it's nice, man. So yeah, Disciple MMA Academy, the Bang Barn, uh, Strike Lab with uh, Siami Sefi, who I actually fought when I was 18 years old, and we became good friends. And he's probably one of the best striking coaches you can find in Northern Virginia. Um, so, yeah, I get as much work in with him as I can. Yeah, it seems like a strong, like, established kind of communal vibe with, like, the people you train with, just that familiarity. And from what I could tell also on social media, it seems like sometimes you, you know, get your young lads out there while you're training. So that must be fun, like, getting your sons out there with everything. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing uh, I said in previous interviews, um, like, my family's everything to me if you know if, if i had to stop fighting tomorrow to to better my family i would do it uh, without even thinking about it so i don't ever want fighting to replace them even if it's time so if, if uh if i gotta train and and my boys are with me or my daughter and and my wife's busy and she can't watch them they're all coming with me so i can kill two birds with one stone get a good session in and, and hang with the, the kiddos um, and they love it. They're they always they're like, Dad, can I come to the Bang Barn? So anytime we're down to go, uh, they're coming with me. And my youngest, Anderson, he's he's five, and he can outwork me any day of the week. If we're doing fifteen rounds of bag work, he's on that bag three minutes for fifteen rounds with thirty second breaks, not even huffing and puffing. He'll be swinging nonstop those three minutes hitting that bag and then we get done and I'm huffing and puffing and then he, I look over and he's just breathing fine and he'll be like <laughs> he'll start acting like he's tired and then pound fist, or fist pound me and it's like come on dad we got this <laughs> this is the cutest thing 
No, that's so great, man. I mean, it's just the most important thing. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll be fighting at BKFC 500 or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try to steer him clear of that. But yeah. <laughs> I always tell my wife, uh, she's like, would you want our kids fighting? I'm like, no, not the way my body feels now. <laughs> I put I put my body through the ring over the years, and I, I can feel it now, but... I mean, if my ever if my kids ever want to fight, of course I'll support them with whatever they want to do. But I'll definitely encourage something else. Yeah, no, I totally hear you, man. Just support them and whatever they ultimately end up being passionate about. I guess just one of the last things I kind of wanted to touch on—a bit of a lighter kind of question. But I saw you on Mike and Mish around like a year ago, and I thought it was funny. You were saying like, "Oh, I wouldn't mind fighting the Island Boys," but it seems like they're not really kind of in that like pop culture landscape anymore. Like they don't seem as relevant. Is there like anyone out there nowadays that has kind of taken the place of the Island Boys? Like, oh, I wouldn't mind scrapping that guy. Yeah, that's funny. Island Boys. Yeah, they're not around anymore. I think they started like a OnlyFans, and they're like kissing each other or something. Oh, really? <laughs> they're like, uh, it's weird. I don't know. But yeah, whatever they got to do for views, I guess. But um, I would. I don't know. I mean, anybody famous that would just bring in a lot of money for me, I would do it. <laughs> like you name it, I'll fight them. Like the whole uh, the Bryce Hall thing. Like all these. It's comical to me, like, that these influencers, like, the Jake Pauls of the fight world, like, it's comical to me. It, it kind of frustrates me, like, you know what I mean? Like, kids and, and adults that fight so hard and train so hard to get to top promotions, top level of the game, and then you got these guys who make millions streaming a video game or, you know, on the internet, and then they get a free pass because of their name and their wealth. So it's a, it's a bit frustrating, but I'd take any of those guys on, you know, on a day's notice if I can <laughs> bring in the money for sure. So I don't have anyone specifically in mind, but Dylan, you name somebody, I'll do it. I was just going to say, you mentioned a curious point because combat sports, I mean, it is one of those sports that can kind of, you know, do stuff like that. Like, you don't really see that in, like, team sports, for instance, like, where it's like, I don't know, you get, like, a bunch of celebrities, like, oh, we'll make a football team, and then they have, like, precedence over the NFL or something. Like, it's like, you just don't see that. Yeah, it, it would never happen. Could you imagine, like, a, a famous, yeah, famous musician or something? Like, hey, I feel like playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got a lot of views, or a lot of viewers, a lot of fans, a lot of money, yeah. Suit up, buddy. You're <laughs> like it would yeah. Never so yeah, it's it's frustrating, but you know, whatever it takes to get new views, you know, more fans, more money. I guess you got to sell out at some point to make it. Yeah, I mean, just hopefully these, like, undercard guys or some of the guys in the other featured fights are getting compensated. I guess I sometimes just kind of look at it through that lens, like, ah, oh, well, I mean, it's kind of a sideshow, but at least some of these other guys who are grinding are getting paid, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been great getting to talk to you, man. Been wanting to have you on the show for a little bit. Been watching you fight for a while, no doubt, but just, you know, echoing that sentiment from before of wanting to be, you know, conscious of your schedule, man. Just curious if there's maybe, like, a final parting thought you'd want to add as we're wrapping up here, Dustin. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. Um, anytime, hit me up, buddy. I, I can make myself available. I love 
talking with you guys. It's it's definitely cool. Um, no real thoughts, man. I just hope that uh, hope that you catch this next one and you get to see me rip Joe's giant head off. Well, I mean, it's an incredible fight for sure. Definitely one that you want to have your snacks and drinks situated for that one, Joe Elmore. And Dustin Pegg, I mean, that's that definitely fight of the night contender for sure. And yeah, BKFC 51, a stacked card overall. So definitely, you know, saying something there. Seems like it's kind of growing by the day as we're getting closer to September 29th. But again, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. And just you have a good rest of your day too, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dylan. Take care, brother. I'll talk to you soon. This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check it out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on. $50 buys.